0: Hey everybody, Longhorn Confidential time once again here with the fellas. It's Thursday. It's time to talk Texas and Oklahoma State. Uh, Kirk, Danny, and said uh, Danny actually in the office today. I find that very intriguing. He got he got out of his house. That's that's quite awesome. Is it Danny? First off, are you there by yourself?
1: No, it's flu shot day, so there's some. I'm seeing some old friends walk around the newsroom. It's been kind of it's been kind of nice. It's been I don't think I've seen this many people and. The 18 months, or whatever it's been since March uh, 2020 in this newsroom.
0: Wow. Reunion. Well, it is a reunion,
1: <laughs> actually. Hey, but I was, I'm I in there on Mondays
2: I'm by myself. I was in there yesterday <laughs> and there was no one there hardly. No. Just one person.
3: I went in to get a legal well, I, a ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we we still we still have office supplies for the workers? Reunion. That's impressive.
3: A That's few. impressive.
0: Let's talk about uh, the uh, eighty or ninety or so thousand people that are going to come to their uh, office slash home on Saturday at Royal Memorial Stadium. Texas and Oklahoma State in a very intriguing matchup, quite frankly. Texas is four and two, but the Cowboys are undefeated. Pistols have been firing all over Stillwater this year, but have they really played anybody? I don't know. You know, I think we're going to find out a lot about both both uh, the fighting Gundy's this week and how well that the fighting Sarkeesian's pick up the pieces uh, after Oklahoma. What do you guys think?
3: I want to ask where's Kansas when you need them, you know, I mean, I mean, how does there not be a mental hangover after this game? You don't lose a soul crushing game like that. And just, Oh yeah. Just another loss. You just, you know, what Max say, don't let Oklahoma beat you twice. You know, that was his cliche. And, I just think this is a dangerous game. You know, if we don't know how good Oklahoma State is, I think most of us are kind of sleeping on Oklahoma State and Baylor, you know, two really good teams that have quietly, you know, put pushed themselves into contention for the Big 12. So – and this has just been a, a vibrant rivalry. I mean, what's Oklahoma State won, what, seven of the last 11? And, and even the ones Texas wins are right down to the wire, like the overtime – game last year that Texas pulled out in Stillwater. I mean, I think Oklahoma State had like, what, four turnovers and had like twice as many yards as Texas, but Texas did what it had to do, and that's what it faces again Saturday. Right, Sid?
2: I agree, and you know I like Box, and before the Wilder-Fury fight, I said uh, Fury put a beating on Wilder in the, in the second meeting, and you don't just get over the hurt the mental anguish that comes with that, and it comes, comes down to it. But unlike Deontay Wilder, the Longhorns only have one week to get to get back mentally prepared from a, from a gut punch of a loss to OU. I think they'll be ready. I think the leadership in that locker room is strong. I think Sarkeesian is the right guy for this job, as Kirk Bowles so greatly wrote in his Nine Things column. I didn't check the movie review, but that's okay.
3: James I really Bond.
2: think six won't be. Was it The Sopranos, Doug? Did you review that? Oh,
3: this a James Bond movie. Gosh, I was oh, God. oh don't start. James I'll, Bob, t- I'll
2: tune you. in for Naomi Harris, but I, whatever on Bond. I love me some Naomi Harris. But anyway, I think that. It's it's a good veteran locker room. Casey Thompson is the is a great leader. Bijan Robinson's the is a alpha dog on the field. They're going to be fine physically. The question is, and I'll throw it over to Danny Davis, will they be mentally prepared enough to get over this in time to get a W against Oklahoma State?
1: I really have very little concern about a mental hangover. Um in part because there are a lot of people on this team who were on this team last year. And while losing the way they lost last week to Oklahoma is a gut punch, last year they lost to TCU by two points with a fumble at the goal line. The following week, they lost in four overtimes to Oklahoma and then had to answer questions next week about Sam standing out there for the eyes of Texas. So you can't tell me last year was any more of a distraction slash headache slash gut punch, then those two weeks that happened last season back to back. And then the following week they beat Baylor. The week after that they go to Stillwater and beat the top 10 team that was undefeated at Oklahoma State. So I, I feel like the veterans on this team know what happened last year. They're going to be able to preach the younger guys, um, the ones that are playing like you know Xavier and some of those other younger guys kind of how to get over that hurdle and um you know, they're, they're, they'll be able to go do their job. If this team loses, it's not going to be because of a mental hangover. It's going to be because because Oklahoma State's a decent team and they just uh, got them on their best day. So I'm not worried about the mental hangover. Now, granted, if they go out and are down 28 to nothing, I'll be changing my tune. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not really concerned about the mental hangover part of it just because of what happened last year when they got over that TCU, Oklahoma, eyes Texas, back-to-back-to-back punch um, easily against Baylor.
0: No doubt. Let's talk about uh, this weekend uh, itself, a little bit of a setup. We, we, uh, we, we got to talk with Steve Sarkeesian today as the weekly wrap-up on Thursday. And he basically sort of admitted that Jordan Whittington will miss the rest of the regular season with a clavicle injury. Sark said, we hope, in air quotes, to get him back for a possible Big 12 championship game or a bowl game. That means Whittington is you know likely out for the rest of the regular season. And there wasn't really an update on Jacoby Jones and his foot. Injury, But I don't expect to see him back for at least several weeks, probably November uh, early, at the earliest. Uh, that's going to be huge for Alfred Collins. Um, Alfred Collins getting his first start, the pride of Bastrop out there will be making it happen. And then back to receiver for a second, Marcus Washington is most likely going to take slide into the uh, Jordan Whittington spot. But, guys, I thought it was interesting that in addition to referencing Xavier Worthy and Joshua Moore, he name checked Calvante Dixon, so I think that's another guy that that it, that is going to uh, get some more opportunities uh, this weekend. It looks like.
3: Yeah, I think Mark the name.
2: Kirk name check. Top. What's uh, that? Kirk name check Kai Money.
0: <laughs> yes. He did name check that Kai Money too, but I was thinking that thing Ingredient.
2: <laughs> and you made Steve Sarkeesian say Kai Money because he was never going to
3: say it if you didn't ask about it. He's on the depth chart. He was third string, uh, with Woodard, uh, in between. So, uh, but yeah, I, 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 like Marcus Washington. I think he's kind of on the cusp of being a productive player for them. He, he made that great catch. Couldn't get the toe tap down, which could, have, you know, change the whole outcome of that Oklahoma game last week. So he had some drops, you know, we saw him in practices and scrimmages where he had some drops, but, uh, that's the guy they're going to need. They're going to need a Marcus Washington and even more uh, like the Joshua Moore we saw in Dallas. It's it's time for for both of them to really kind of you know step up their games and uh, because man, I'd put two or three guys on Xavier. That guy's a superstar. I uh, you know I think Xavier Worthy as the guy, the chairman of the All American Committee, he he's got All American potential. Am I wrong? I mean, are I you think, the chairman of the all American committee? I am, and I think he's that wow. good. Wow. I think I think he's that good. Agree, disagree, fellas. He has some Randy
2: Moss type athleticism where he just runs by people. Yeah. Well, easy, Daniel. I saw yeah. those eyes go up. I saw yeah, those that. eyes yeah, those I eyes. Saw those I that. did see that.
0: Danny, just, so, explain. Daniel, explain yourself. Let's, let's, let's,
1: let's settle, let's settle down. Okay. You know, Xavier is great. He's had a great freshman year, but Randy Moss, I mean, yeah, I'm still getting Ma- over Randy Ma- Moss, torturing my Montana Grizzlies in 97, I think it was, or 96. So let's, uh, you were uh, seven.
2: You don't remember that you were seven.
1: I still see the highlights. I know people who are on that team. So I still see the highlights of the talk. So let's, let's settle down on Xavier who a week ago, we're all wondering what happened to him in the TCU game. So I'd like to see a little bit more consistency from him. Obviously he was spectacular in the Oklahoma game. He's going to be seeing a lot more coverage, uh, this week, I'd assume, but that opens it up the door for a Joshua Moore who caught two touchdown passes last week. Marcus Washington, Kilvonte Dixon, who had that Alamo Bowl touchdown last season. We we laugh about Kai Money, but that, that kid's on scholarship. And, you know, you're, you're not a wide receiver at Texas unless, you know, you're a three, four-star recruit in high school or you're someone who, like Kai Money, who worked his butt off once he got here yeah. and got on a scholarship. So, they have talent. Those guys down the depth chart are going to have to step up because Jordan is obviously a special, a five-star talent. When in high school, is obviously a special, special player. But you know, the, the guys down the depth chart are going to have to step up because Xavier is probably going to be getting a little bit more, more coverage because people are going to see that Oklahoma film. But we'll see what those other guys down the depth chart can do. But Randy Moss, but settle, settle down.
2: Rand, I fun? saw Randy Moss as a freshman, and Xavier Worthy reminds me of a nineteen-year-old Randy Moss. I'm not coming off of that. Okay. I'm not. All right. I
0: I'll, I I'll, I'll make a, I'll make a comparison that that uh that people under 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 30 will understand. The the biggest thing to me that that I am excited about with Xavier is that it has been it has been very infuriating watching this team the last, you know, let's call it 7 years, not before this year. And it's like you know, the receiver has to catch the ball with one foot going out of bounds or the receiver catches it with ten guys draped all over him. I mean, Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, they are catching the ball in open space where they can make something happen. And that, to me, like that's what C.D. Lamb did, you know, catch the ball and burn the defense because they can't contain him. And to me, that's been one of the most refreshing things about the passing game this year. Okay, now maybe they haven't hit as many deep balls as everybody would like. I get it. But but the fact is Casey is throwing was throwing tight window into tight windows for Jordan Winnington, throwing it to Xavier Worthy. Texas, oh my God, is finally getting the ball to their best guys in space where they can make a play. How a bleeping Louis. You know?
3: Amen. Amen. And I like a guy that does it on the big stage, you know, to have what did he have, 261 yards against Oklahoma in that environment. Is especially as Danny mentioned, yeah. What do you have one catch against TCU for seven yards and a couple drops? So I love a guy that comes back like that and and relishes the big moment, the big stage. And I think this guy's just got a presence and I just think he's taking off. And if I'm Mike Gundy, I'm thinking, you know, we can't let two guys beat us and that's Xavier and Bijan. Now that's gonna be difficult to shut them both down, but uh, I just think. You know, he just brings an element that Bijan does at running back. And I just I'm just super impressed with Xavier Worthy.
1: I think he's he's in um Joe Cook, our friend from over at Inside Texas, was telling me on Monday that you know, with Bijan playing the way he's playing, Xavier playing the way he's playing. You know, Texas is in line for their first one thousand dollars one thousand yard rusher and one thousand yard receiver since the early two thousands. It was it was Cedric and um I, Roy, I Williams. Roy Williams. Roy which Williams, which is I think, kind, yeah. of, kind of mind mind-boggling with all the athletes that have come to this school that they haven't had a, a thousand a thousand duo. Um, that kind of right. blew blew my mind when I when I heard that. Yeah,
0: uh, let's let, let's hit on the defense real quick um, because I think Sark talked about this today and I thought this was really important. Uh, he was asked about the physicality of the defense, Kirk. I can't remember if this was exactly your question, but he was asked about the physicality of the defense, and he basically said. The physicality has been fine. They're just missing too many tackles. That was basically the gist of it, right? And I and I and I did like what Steve said is that we gotta get the man on the ground when presented with that opportunity. Right. Um, so I mean I, I I don't know what y'all think, but but I I do agree with that. I think from a physical standpoint, they have been doing good. They just they just they missed too many tackles last week,
3: Absolutely. including Kennedy
0: Brooks, who is still running.
3: Well, that it's last play, part. that 33-yard clinching. oh, my God. I would have nightmares if I was Pete Kwiatkowski, if he's still in Austin. I don't know. We'd we never see him. But uh, I would have nightmares over that play. We don't Williams. know. Caleb Williams, 66-yard run. It's like fourth and one. You can't give up 66-yard touchdown. So, 76. Uh, it seemed like 86. Yeah, but, you know, it's funny. I think it was 106. That, and Well, I asked start today I said can you practice live tackling and that's tough and you know you can't get guys out of the transfer portal on a Tuesday you know so and yeah, we had Joe Clatt on our uh, podcast Cedric and I uh, today and he was lamenting
0: available every week on hookham.com
3: that's right thank you for the plug but he was he mentioned the tackles uh, in a big way and you got to get them on the ground you got to you got to stop I mean those two plays just huge plays, 14 points, and got to be better there, and it's hard to practice that. You know, I know Mac was the one saying, nobody can tackle, it's a nationwide epidemic, and I'm not so sure he's wrong unless you're a Georgia Bulldog. Look, it's it's October 14th. We are
1: six games into the season. I don't think the tackling is going to magically just get better now. If this team doesn't yeah. know how to tackle, I don't see all of a sudden it's going to change. So I don't know what exactly this defense has to do to get better, but – you know, I think pointing out the missed tackles or them preaching about tackling better or saying, Hey, we need to do, we need to tackle better. I mean, of course, I mean, that's, that's obvious. We can see that from the film. And um, I just don't know what exactly, maybe that's why I'm not getting paid as much as PK gets paid, but I don't know exactly what you do to remedy that problem. Cause I don't believe that all of a sudden they're going to learn how to tackle six games in the season after six weeks of the season, an entire fall camp and spring football. I mean, that, that it, They are what they are, and I, they had to figure out a way to, to get past that.
2: you got to have a gang mentality. You grab that guy and hold on for dear life and hope your friends show up. That's how you tackle better. Kennedy Brooks had way too many one-on-ones that he won when there should have been some company there. So they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna learn from that experience. Got some good running backs coming up you got to face. You got to face Brees Hall. You got to face Letty Brown. There's some good players on this schedule remaining. I think that Texas, um, the one thing we haven't talked about today, Oklahoma State, as good as they've been, this is a different Gundy coach team. They're not explosive Mm -hmm. on offense. They're averaging 25 points a game. And that's the least amount of points per game of any of the uh, unbeaten's in college football. So the Longhorns have shown they can put some points on the board. It's going to be a great matchup with this defense, but I don't expect it to be a mutter. I think Bijan's going to get his, and I, and I think that Casey Thompson uh, left Dallas knowing, oh yeah, I'm the quarterback. I can make things happen for this team. I just did it against a would-be really good defense in, in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma State is, is a more senior defense, a more experienced defense than OU, but I don't know that they're more talented than OU. So that's going to be an interesting matchup for me.
0: Let's uh, – let you know, I know a lot of people want us to kind of predict, do we think Texas will be in the Big 12 title? I get it, you know, the, the big picture, but – uh, there's six games left, and there's a lot of football left, especially for a team that has shown a real problem with consistency. So let's not worry about November and December. Let's just focus on the here and now, starting with the Cowboys uh, and then going into, into an off week. Massive, massive recruiting weekend for Texas. Um, Arch Manning is expected to be in town. Uh, the quarterback uh, you know, of the future, allegedly, according according to some, who pay money to pay these guys to talk. Anyway, um, that's an NIL joke for, for those of you who, who, are, who aren't following along. But uh, big recruiting weekend nonetheless. Let's go around the horn. We'll start with Danny. Texas, Oklahoma State, 11 a.m., who do you got?
1: Uh, I, I think Texas rebounds. Um, I think this is the toughest test at Oklahoma State. let face this season, this is not going to be a hungry Texas team, and even though they're without a, a couple key players, I think Texas uh, takes care of business at home.
2: Cedric. Horns win by a touchdown. They're better. Um, they have more more explosive players offensively. It's still an offensive conference. And I think Casey Thompson and Bijan John Robinson going to going to have big games uh, this weekend. Uh, Horns will win by a
3: touchdown. Kirk. I got a question: Are any offensive linemen in these recruiting visitors this weekend? Just asking. Just asking.
0: Let us hope.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sweep the board and go with Texas too. It's time for them to get a special teams touchdown. Deshaun Jameson, remember, had the what was hundred yard kickoff return in Stillwater. Uh, last year, and he's due to, to break one. So I think they get a special team quarterback uh, score, that is, and uh, I think that they win a good game, and they're just going to have to outscore people the rest of the way, I think.
0: I'm with you, I'm with you guys all the way. Texas uh, should be the better team. They have a better offense. They should bounce back as well. Uh, give me Texas this weekend in the, uh, the first of the second-half slog. Uh, as the second half of the season begins. But before we go, can any of you name a song from the North Mississippi All-Stars?
3: Lay some knowledge on us. No.
0: All I'm saying is that the North Mississippi All-Stars are going to be the pregame concert on the LBJ lawn. Are we showing our age by not knowing who this is? Are
3: you the promotion director?
0: What
1: what's going I think, on? Here? I think we're showing our musical taste by not knowing who you know are. what? I've just
2: I've got a better question for the group. Where are the South <laughs> Mississippi All-Stars playing this? <laughs> week?
3: They couldn't and get there. They couldn't get big enough. They're in Norman. Oh. Uh,
2: <laughs> what when did Mississippi get big enough to have a North and South? All stars. Why don't those all stars all get together
3: <laughs> and, yeah. all yeah, to board and have just one big massive
2: gathering of Mississippi all stars?
3: Makes no sense. Well, I'm just, I'm just excited to see America's brunch team once more on Saturday.
2: That's right. Lord, that's right. Man, nobody, love, we love print. We love print. <laughs> 11 a.m. Let's go.
0: Listen, nobody does the 11 a.m. kickoff quite like the Austin American Statesman. And your boys here at hook'em.com. And for all of that, we're going to wrap it up. For Kirk, Danny, and Cedric, I am Brian. Remember, remember hook'em.com for all your coverage of Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma State. Big 12 basketball starts next week. Big 12 media days. Men's and women's are coming up next week. Chris Beard and, company, right, Chris Beard and Vic Schaefer right around the corner. Stake it all, all at hook'em.com. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks.